Hello everyone and welcome back to Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show, bringing you the latest tunes and chai. My name's Gerns and welcome. So you might have noticed by that silence, I'm actually in the studio alone today. Just kidding, we've got Ben joining us via stream. Ben, can you hear me? Hello. Hi, how are you I doing? I can hear you clearly. Sweet. How are you? Uh, doing well, man. Doing well. Just coming back to... I've missed this. I've missed this. I've even bought myself a nice cup of chai wow. with a beard on it. I love the mug. For the viewers that can't yeah. see it, it's like a red mug. It's got a flower on it. It's got a bird. Very nice. Expression of freedom is what yeah. they call it. Expression of freedom. I think I've said before as well that hat you're wearing. Have you played Among Us yet? The game? Uh, no. No. No, no. You need to get it because that hat that you're wearing just reminds me of the... It's the hat that all of the little people in Among Us wear. Like, it's a sort of like half a beanie, half a... What would you call it? Um, A very, 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 very spacious beanie. Yeah. If this was real estate, this would be comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you'd have this guy kind of start selling it off. This is a lot of headspace for me right now. Mm. But... I would say this is a beanie. Like, yeah, it's a very big beanie. Cool. So, if you haven't tuned into the show before, welcome. We are Mango Masala. We are Pi Radio's South Asian show. You can find us on socials at Mango Masala Radio or Mango Masala MCR, depending on which one you're going to. We started off there with Joss by Nish. Just want to say again, hope he's doing all right because we've said yeah. before he's actually being treated for leukemia at the moment. And I saw from his Insta as well, he actually had COVID as well. So, like, on top of everything, like, yeah, I know. But I think he's recovered from COVID now and he's gone back to his um, treatment. So, wishing him the best for that. We've got a good episode lined up. Um, Ben's going to be joining me for the first bit. And we're going to be talking a bit about relevant news that's happened this week. Um, There's been quite a lot, actually. Then we The best kind. I would... Um, some of it best, some of it well, like it depends which yeah. one you're talking about. Um, then we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be interviewing Freezy and Joash, two artists from Manchester that have released their new track "Be Mine" yesterday. Um, it's it's a good track. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Like I think I wouldn't play it on radio if I didn't think it was good. And it is it's a banger. So look forward to that and hearing a bit about how that track came about. And then after that, we're going to be playing a bit more music and also an exclusive from Silverfinger Singh, who's an artist from Leeds. He's sent us across a track that's been released on Tuesday. So quite a content filled episode it's quite varied because normally we'd like choose a topic and then basically talk the whole episode about it with songs in between but today we're actually going to be doing a lot more varied content so you got that to look forward to so getting on to news the first content point is obviously if you live in manchester and you were here on wednesday i think you know what we're going to talk about um the weather like what what happened like just what like what actually happened do you know what i actually honestly don't know because i was walking up to Lidl on uh, i think it must have been, yeah it was a wednesday and on the way there it was cold it was wet it was rainy and it was just like oh this is great you know the 
standard typical Manchester weather and I was yeah. in my shorts you know I was like you know I saw the rain I was like I can't be asked I'm just going to do it anyway I'm just going to run for it so I did it and then on the way back it started to snow and at first I was like it's not snowing is it no it can't be surely not oh it's snowing and it started to hit hard and I was like well there's another like 10 minutes on this walk so I'm gonna have to brave it and run how much shopping did you have quite a lot of shopping like i had some eggs in my hand that wouldn't fit in my bag so it was a bit like oh. this isn't this isn't eggs. ideal that's like the e- worst either i come home with frozen eggs oh dear like if you drop those eggs as well because obviously it would have been really slippy as well like oh dear <sighs> like at that rate i was just like i don't care about the eggs i'm gonna i'm gonna have to deal i'm gonna have to deal with this uh, i'm presuming where you live though you weren't affected by the flooding thankfully thankfully yes like in my old neighborhood people were getting evacuated like yeah. it was getting crazy with the floods and i was like what yeah. since when i was like they were literally getting but... evacuated for flooding when it was pelting it down with snow like it was actually mad like i remember at one stage i was looking at all the flood warnings and um it was basically you have flood alert flood yeah the, yeah. the, the next one and then the most severe one which is dangerous life and at one point it was literally both places and did spree that with a danger to life and i was like yeah. how how has this not happened before like i don't know because... what point yeah i don't know so they had the floods and then the snow and then did you, did you hear about what happened in gorton was this a massive sinkhole yeah so amidst all the rain then all the snow <laughs> and then in gorton some massive sinkhole appears out of nowhere and i saw a car get sucked into it and the the thing that's obviously this is a what? bit it's a bit it's a bit um I don't know I wouldn't say amusing it's more bemusing in that it's like how is this happening but the yeah. thing that's really sad is that obviously people's houses have been like damaged beyond repair that's in hard, that yeah. I know yeah and I've been talking to my friends about it and they were basically saying you live in the UK you basically think you're not going to come across anything dangerous we don't really get any natural disasters yeah. we don't have any dangerous animals but that everything that happened on wednesday it basically we got everything all at once like uh... do, you know what's, do you know what's really funny you just said that and like that was kind of my exact like sort of take on the pandemic a year ago where we were like there was a guy on the bbc and he and he was a doctor and he was like well i don't think it poses a serious like a urgent risk to us mm. a year later here we are hi still Webcam. in lockdown for the foreseeable future Oh well. yeah, man. That I was thinking as well, because um, obviously we know what else happened on Wednesday, which brings us on to our next point. All the way from in America, I was like, I'm sure Trump has something to do to do with this. Like Trump's left the um, <coughs> Trump's left the White House, and it's raining hell in Manchester. So I'm sure the two are linked in some way. We've done something to deserve. It's a conspiracy. That. It is a conspiracy theory. Just to say that I'm joking. By the way, I'm not saying that they're actually linked in yeah, any way yeah. before anyone comes for me. But at the same time, Hi radio. It's not <laughs> has not got written responsibilities for this. Yeah, we're not saying that's real. But at the same time, it is kind of funny that those two things happened on the same day. But yeah, that brings us on to the next news point, which is obviously Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have become the new president and vice president of the United States. And I don't know, now Donald Trump's not president, like, is it not neutral if we, like, are pleased about this? I, I, I don't know, like... What's the position to take on this? You probably know as well from your work at the BBC, right? 
like yeah like, yeah how, how are the bbc responding to this news basically strangely enough the same way everyone else is kind of like neutral i think mm. it's one of those things like presidents come and go and i think after four years of trump i guess there's welcome reliefs in certain senses where like people aren't kind of fearing for like going anymore yeah pretty much like <laughs> oh i'm muslim so does that mean i'm potentially screwed or oh i'm jewish am i potentially screwed or oh i'm black am i going to die today sort of vibes you know what i mean like yeah. i think I mean, America's I think... political system is crazy to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Like, so the thing, like those, many of the things that you've said still remain to this day. Basically, yeah, it's just exactly it's been reduced slightly. Now you've got someone in power who's actually wanting to tackle these types of issues. Yeah. Like I saw this visual. I'm just trying to get it up now, and it was basically everything that um, Biden had done in the. T- small amount of time like he'd literally been in power for a day. One day yeah let me find it but yeah how do you feel about um biden being the next president um i don't want to say like personally from my and these are my own views um you have i guess i have to say it from this perspective that biden is just another person in a long line of other people who've wore the mantle of president or whatever and i think do you know what like from his speech on in, on the inauguration day i sat down and watched it like with piercing eyes like i mean obviously i, I was like quite excited and ecstatic about it but then it kind of almost fell into a point where i was like it's business now and you know what like he he touched some incredible points like saying if he is genuinely going to tackle these things and if there is a and i guess there's a sort of leeway and sort of form of evidence if we think about it in the sense of He's literally come in after 24 hours and he's already like bankrolled four of his other points and just went like, right, I'm going to sort this, sort this, sort this, sort this. Before his entire, like, before his presidency even came about, like, he sorted it in 24 hours. So a part of me is kind of hoping that he will succeed in what he's planning out to do, whether it's quality, as he made out in his statement and in his big speech, because that's something that he feels like we all are, are needing to strive for. And I feel like there's no one way to combat racism other than the fact that we have to ha- we have to get it head on. Yeah. And I feel like he is trying to, and he's you know he's calling out this uncivil war, which is crazy. Like he's calling out what needs to be called out. Like it's a serious issue, but he's playing it delicately, which I thought was like really cool. And obviously, with people like Kamala Harris on the team, like we're talking we're talking the first ever South Asian yeah. and black, yeah, literally, and female vice president, yeah what yeah that's a big title to hold or a bit was it title record amazing yeah yeah i just i found that um visual i was talking about which is all the things that biden did in one day um he halted border wall construction he ended the muslim travel ban that we talked about he rejoined the paris climate accord obviously doing his bit regards to um climate change he extended eviction and foreclosure bans um i think that's to do with covid as well regards to people getting evicted like i'm not particularly sure because it's it, they're extending it through to march i'm not particularly sure about that one um revoke the permit for the keystone xl pipeline he 
required mask, which is mad. We're like literally a year into coronavirus and he's only just required masks for federal buildings. He's he's calling out the Karens, man. That's what he's doing. He's like, Mm. you need a mask, man. You know? It's literally, they have to be masked in federal buildings, on federal lands, and in airplanes and buses that cross state lines. He's reversed Trump's census plan which means that undocumented immigrants will be counted in the 2020 census, which I understand what, what would the point of that, them not being included be anyway, like just to make them feel exactly. like, yeah. So th- those are all the things that he did in one day. So as long as he keeps up this energy, I think will things are looking yeah. more positive than they were before, but coming back to um, Kamala Harris, obviously um, she's, amazing in that she's the first black and south asian and female vice president ever um a lot of people have been praising the fact that she's in this position and she's such a um what's the word Mm -hmm. role role model for young bame women and especially young south asian women um but a lot of people have also pointed towards her slightly um not troubled past but certain things that she's done in the past which are a bit questionable so some would argue that she basically contributed towards mass incarceration of black men and seek to failed to seek justice for those wrongly imprisoned and she's very pro-law enforcement um at the expense Mm. of human rights so do you have any thoughts on that ben with regards to a what on the that those facts and B, how do we take that and then can we still be happy or can we do we look past it or is it a bit of both or you know what it's it's not it's an open and shut case on that one isn't it really like in on on the front on the face of it those things are absolutely horrible you know like it's it's borderline dictatory but it's at the same time we're looking at we're looking at a country that pretty much voted them all into power and like fair enough yeah you also did vote trump in you know yeah and if we had to if we had to sort of look at it through i guess a wider scope what are we what are we expecting from them what i mean we voted them in on the on the basis of their policies and yes their past has a lot to do with this so we have to obviously key in these factors and for me as a non-american i guess I can't really say or speak on what most Americans are expecting, but for example, like if we look at our own political feature here right now, we're not, we're not like you know, raise, uh, not daisies here. Like yeah, we're not trailblazers. We've got pretty Patel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll come on to like, her, anything, we'll come on to her later um, in regards to questioning her policies, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but then I, mean, I suppose the I suppose the difference is in. With um, Kamala Harris, she's been seen as this positive step forward. Positive Whereas muscle, yeah, when it comes yeah. to Pretty Patel, a lot of people aren't trying to really see any positive there because they just they aren't really seeing her mm. policies as positive. Whereas with Kamala Harris, she obviously has a lot of positives to her name. It's just not that great a past. So I suppose it's yeah. a case of him. Um, We'll wait and see. Really, it's definitely obviously it's definitely yeah. better than yeah. what we had before. But yeah, I, I was thinking as well. Like, <laughs> sorry, go on. Oh no, it was just to kind of also make another point on this as well. When when we, I guess, not to be 
ultimately unfair to Preeti Patel. But like on the front of this, I guess we have to also weigh up the pros and cons of what is more potentially more like beneficial to a country or to the state that you live in. Yeah. And if we look at it this way, like Kamala Harris now has been progressing towards a, a stronger field of more humanitarian causes rather than like if we look at her past involvement it's actually quite horrible and <laughs> we're actually like what are we doing why 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 are they voting her in but then it all comes down to republicans and democrats and yeah those two things are it's not like good versus evil i mean they're both in my opinion and it doesn't need necessarily to be everyone else's but it's kind of like choosing out of the two evils you know the, which is the lesser evil each time you pick up a you know a yeah. box or buy a bag of sweets how many times am I going to get black licorice or like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it depends on what it really just depends on where you come from on this one. And we have to, like I say, it's too, it's the early days of what I hope to be the best years for America. Cause right now I have no intents or purposes to want to go to America under any mm. circumstances, mm. but it's, it's what we have to just wait and see. And I, I guess we'll come on to pre later, but, if we look at a lot of the things that we have said in the past, and bearing in mind she's also in a position of power, and the fact that she hasn't done anything of value for the people that she serves. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the thing that I did want to touch upon with regards to Kamala Harris, but I suppose um, Pretty Patel does come into this slightly as well, which was um, my own personal views are definitely more um, left-leaning, um, I'm by no means a fan of people such as Theresa May, Margaret Thatcher, but one thing that I think I would definitely say, and this is by no, again, I'm by no me- means advocating the policies of these people, and I still, mm. I'm not, I'm still not a fan, but at the same time... You get it, man, you're not a Tory. <laughs> in plain speaking, yeah, but... Both Theresa May and Margaret Thatcher had done very questionable things, but can't deny that they've definitely faced double, in my opinion, the amount of yeah. scrutiny to their male counterparts mm. because they're basically, mm. because they're women, because they're basically stereotypically seen to be soft and meant to be kind and mm. not that strict, etc. When they've, they've done horrible things, certainly, in my opinion but they've still definitely received a lot more stick for that than their male counterparts would have, um, which is yeah. an interesting point. And I think you see the same with Pretty Patel. Like, she's painted as this... Well, I want, I want to say painted because I do kind of agree with a lot of the things that people are saying, but she definitely receives mm. a lot of scrutiny compared to if she was yeah. Male. And I don't know how I feel about that because, like I say, on the one hand, I'm definitely not a fan and I am more than happy to scrutinise yeah. Pretty Patel on her policies. But at the same time, um, I can't sit back when I'm thinking, oh, would I be this harsh towards her if it was um, mm. Rishi Sunak mm. doing this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's also... Well, we have to also pay attention to the fact that their party politics is crazy. Like we think, we think politics is crazy. Party politics is another thing. Like workplace politics is another thing. And you know, it, it was easy enough for like. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying a certain party out there is doing, or many parties for that matter, are doing this thing where they're just chucking people under the bus. Like it's, 
it's 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 a strange one because like when you kind of see this thing kind of happening at work and you see not necessarily work as such but like or anywhere you kind of you kind of start building up an idea of how people react to certain things and in and i know what you mean by like you don't want to sort of you know just dog one person down consistently and be like well i can't help but feel if it was different if he was a man and you know what i agree on that on that on, on that one factor because I think Preet Patel has received a lot of stick, but when you sort of see how she treats other people, is it that far from the truth that as to how she behaves as how she kind of rea- reacts almost in a sense? Because I don't know if you heard about her cases with migrants traveling up to the UK, cross boat from France, and her plan was to either tune down or basically kind of like send them around and like you know what that was going to cause you know what kind of problems that was going to mitigate but she was still fighting against human um, human rights lawyers and stuff like that and when i say she now i mean literally but like more of a sense of like why are you trying so hard to fight against human rights lawyers this is basic life is a very basic basic need for everyone to be alive obviously duh but to treat like one life doesn't matter so much that kind of it puts you in a special kind of box where like personally i feel like you don't respect someone mm. regardless of race creed gender sexuality like if you do not respect a life you do not respect <sighs> simple individual like you know what i mean it's just mad but <sighs> sorry i sorry i cut you off there no no like definitely all good points i suppose we should probably move on to the main news yeah. point that we had on pretty patel just to round off on kamala harris i think the way we're looking at it is Yes, she did bad things in the past and she should be held accountable for that. But we should also recognize the positive things that she is doing, which she is doing the majority of now. If she starts yeah. doing stuff like she's done in the past, we should call her out for it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, if she's on the trend of going on the right path, being what she, if she's being who she promised to be throughout the elections, then that would play very well. And that would be very good. And I obviously, but like the minute, it starts to kind of regress and sort of go into retrograde like you said we need to call her out or like we need to not ignore these signs we cannot like just ignore these situations otherwise we'd be no better than the trump supporters who just completely ignored what trump was actually doing Mm. not even they were willfully doing it let's be real they were willfully doing it but there must be some people who are so blind like did you hear that biden is trump thing a while ago i yeah and i heard something uh, there's something on Twitter the other day which was like impeach Biden, like on the day that he came right. into power. Like, I, I, I didn't bother looking into it to be honest because I was just like, I, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, moving yeah. on from American politics and coming up back to British politics, which are just as fun. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Priti Patel, obviously, um, Home Secretary, made a um, comment. Um, earlier this week which has received a lot of um scrutiny which is basically she i think it was on wednesday she did a covid conference and she basically was asked why is there so much pressure on the nhs at the moment and her response to this was and this is a quote there is not one single factor or reason why we have seen such pressure on the nhs there will be no single reason as to why the numbers are so high but then she went on to say it includes certain ethnicities being more susceptible to coronavirus people with certain disabilities too so basically what she's saying is that one of the reasons why we're 
our cases are so high and the NHS is under so much strain is because we have too many brown and black people in our country and too many people with disabilities. That is basically what she's just said. And I can't believe there hasn't been more of a uproar about that, to be honest. Like, and the thing is, she was, I think she was on Good Morning Britain when she said this or something, or mm. may, maybe it was just that Piers Morgan responded to it. But we all know Piers Morgan has a bit of a controversial history when it comes to commenting on certain issues but even Piers Morgan pointed out surely other countries are in similar positions with regards to the number of ethnic minorities that are present amongst their population or the number of people with disabilities that are in the population and yet they seem to be managing a lot higher than us we have the highest case rate in the world at the moment and mm-hmm. it, is, it does just sound like she's basically finding the, the, the reasons to blame yeah, it's basically just the people that are seen by the majority of the population as the mattering the least and basically putting the blame onto them like, oh, it's because of them. And the worst thing is obviously Pretty Patel is a brown woman and she's still perfectly happy to throw people <laughs> under the bus like this. It's just, oh, dear. Yo, I don't know, I don't know who hurt her, man, but like, jeez, like, I can't... Man, that's crazy. Like, like you just said, there's many other countries as well. Like, let's look at New Zealand. Yeah. Duh, easy, straight off the bat. Taiwan, straight, yeah. straight off the bat. Like, yeah. come on, we're not pretending like these countries don't exist. Like, it's, I think, and this isn't me sort of adding pretty if you're listening. I don't know if you are. But, um, can you imagine? Every Saturday, three to five. Nah, I can't, well, I, I can't do the COVID press conference. I've got to tune into Mango Masala. But, nah. Like, oh, they've got fresh beats and try. That's all I want. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's crazy. Like, and do you know what? Like, I just realised something. Like, I'm brown and I have dyslexia, so I guess I'm on a most oh, wanted range already. So you're, so, one, of, you're one of those people. It's my fault. It's all it Ben's fault. fault, guys. Literally. Blame oh, me, I'm probably going to be number one. <laughs> um, but oh, no, that, on, a, on a sort of bringing it back to kind of what Preeti was saying, it, and the fact that you said it didn't have such a big uproar, it is strange because I feel like a lot of Asians and, you know, a lot of black people and would sit there and just be like, what? Like, if you if you think about it, if you, if we just kind of, if you can just bring about the whole idea of how Corona passes around and like the fact that I feel like black and brown people were the first set of people who were like, let's get on WhatsApp. I know fair enough misinformation and whatnot, but they were seriously hammering down on like making sure the windows weren't open and that you were drinking lemon water for some reason, because apparently that kills Corona. But like, do you know what I mean? Like if anyone was proactive about this, I feel like, I feel like it was black and brown people. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was on buses actively enough times during the whole pandemic just to know what we even with mask or without mask on. There was a woman on the bus who was having a go at someone else, gave her the evil side eye and work like I felt intimidated, right? And I wasn't even sitting anywhere near her. And she was giving this woman a side eye because she wasn't wearing a mask. And guess what? Like people are on it. And it's not to say that one race isn't on it or whatever, but like the fact of the matter that people care enough and then to sort of to say that you're not going to single out people or you're not going to single out the reasons behind it other than your own incompetence to then say, yeah, actually it was, it was black and brown people. That's, that's what it was. Mm. It's no one's fault. It was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
it's I it's such sly and sort of. Think she's, I'm not surprised think, that PT would come up with it. I don't think she's not. E- She's not even going down the ret- the rhetoric that certain MPs have gone down, which is, oh, black and brown people aren't taking it seriously. She's literally just saying, oh, they're more susceptible to it. And it's just like, even then, that's like, wh- why? You know what people are going to do with that information. You know what people are going to, like, say when you when they hear that, like, oh, it's them lot again. It's that, it's that Ben down the road. I know he's got dyslexia. Like, <sighs> ugh. It somehow affects yeah, his... A hidden disability, apparently. Yeah. Can't, like, do you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's... I agree with what you're saying, Lan. Like, it, it is crazy just to sort of see the times that we're in right now where mm-hmm. Biden has to make mandatory ma- mask wear, whereas Boris is literally like, yeah, we're probably open maybe in Christmas. So everything will go back to normal in Christmas. Okay, everything will go back to normal in March. Okay, everything will go back to normal in August. Okay, so the vaccines are rolling out most likely for everyone in August. Come on, man. Like, we know how the game goes. We know how the game plays. Like, we're not we're not dumb. And the biggest thing that I feel the UK government is doing with its people is trying to dumb them down. Mm. It, 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 it's like, basically... It, it's, it, it, again, this is our opinion. This isn't... We're not saying this is actually mm. the case, but it appears yeah. to yeah. me like... It is constantly whatever happens. It's sort of being turned on its head to sort of be oh, it's because the people aren't doing this. It's because the people aren't doing this, which in many cases I'm sure might be the case because I know a lot of yeah, people yeah. haven't been obeying the rules as they should be. Um, but at the same time, even if people are not obeying the rules, like you should like it's not just them and it does feel very much like it's constantly turned around and being like it's their fault it's your fault it's whoever's fault but it's not our fault because we do everything right and i don't know i just i struggle to agree with that at the moment and you know i i I, i'm I'm with you on that like 100 percent, because it's like i said these are our, our views are our own and realistically like if i was to sort of point this out to an alien and just sort of point them towards the uk and be like so this is us. Uh, what do you think? They'd be like, "Is that it? Do you understand how how underwhelming we'd be? Like, yeah. we had all the reasons, had all the resources, and don't come at me like we're not. You know, don't come at us as a country and be like, oh, do you know what? And you know, we're not, we're not, we weren't sufficiently prepared for it, or you know, whatever, whatever. It was purely down to negligence, straight up negligence. Yeah. We could have cancelled Christmas. Yeah, I know it was a big time of the year. I understand that." We could have done that, but we chose not to do that. For some reason, we were much happier with going and seeing our auntie and grannies in Christmas, I suppose, to, uh, Diwali, Eid, Hanukkah, every other celebration that you could probably have in a year. For some reason. For some reason. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And again, it's somehow the problems of ethnic minorities. that this is It's our problem that we create. Like, and like you said, they are fully aware they are fully aware of what these words and this rhetoric produces because what it is, it's such subliminal, perf- well, not even perfect, but it's like, it's kind of smart subliminal messaging, really, in my opinion, just to be like, well, you know, it's kind of their fault. Um, I'm going to leave you with that and let you sort of marinate on it. Uh, I'm going to have mm. to um, probably end the news segment there. So got a lot to get through this episode, but thank you for joining yep, me yep. today, Ben. Um, hope you're all right i hope you've enjoyed it thanks for um 
lending us your thoughts on all these issues and yeah hopefully one day we'll get all four of us in here one day one day <laughs> one day more in like one 2030 day, day. or something but yeah we'll see so we've made it to the middle of the episode which is what the main purpose of today's episode is going to be i caught up with freezy and joash earlier to basically get the lowdown on their new single be mine it came out yesterday and it's already doing bits like honestly i was I w- i've been looking forward to it for a while because i got to hear the track i got to hear a little exclusive beforehand but honestly i was waiting for the video um, if i'm being honest and then it got to yesterday and i was like there at midnight and i was like yes i gotta w- i gotta watch the video i've got to watch the video and then i went onto freezy's youtube channel and it was there and it was like our uh, premiering at 6 p.m so i had to wait the whole day for the video to come out but honestly it was worth it because you can tell a lot of efforts gone into this track and video and honestly i really hope that these two artists go far because they're really nice lads and yeah i caught up with them earlier this week um just to get the lowdown on be mine so we'll hear a bit about what they had to say and then we'll give it a play obviously the main reason for this interview is your new track be mine which is out on the 22nd of jan so i've listened to the track and i rate it like i think it captures like both your like essences quite well and obviously i think like your music, I think you'll agree, like your sound is relatively similar, so you make quite a good duo like on the track together, I think. Cheers, bro. Yeah, so, for those that might not have heard the track, what's it about, like, what is the actual purpose of the track, or what's the lyrics behind it, basically? So, the, the, the kind of point of the song is kind of like, it's like talking to someone, you know, like when you catch a glimpse of someone and you're like, oh yeah, you know what, you're kind of playing still, like, you know what I'm saying? And you, yeah. you have that kind of, it's like basically like a, imagine if your thoughts were put into a song, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're kind of sensing that kind of vibe, you know what I'm saying? You're chilling, you spot someone, you're talking, things are all good, this, that and the other. Um, and yeah, it's basically just like a vibe, do you know what I mean? Um, is definitely a vibe like i can guarantee that after hearing it definitely we made the whole thing in about two hours like the beat included everything like we literally just i think me and josh like we work so well together because we got that kind of chemistry where we can just go into the booth go into the studio with no no plans no written nothing no beats prepared and josh is sloppy when it comes to preparing beats as well i'll tell him the day before your bro make some beats and he's like, yeah, bro, I got you. Then we'll get there. There's no beats, but we make one there. And um, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we work well in the sense that we can just get into the booth, play the whichever beat, and just vibe off each other. Do you know what I'm saying? Help each other with bars, flows, melodies, everything. Do you know what I'm saying? So this was all done like, one sitting there? Yeah, yeah, all done. Well, yeah. it was it was mainly done in one sitting, yeah, but we re-recorded vocals, and that's, that's a whole different story in itself. That was a mad... That was mad. <laughs> no, like, because I did notice, like, hearing the track, like, I was thinking, oh, there's actually, like, backing vocals, like, yeah, in the yeah, back, yeah. like, throughout it. So is, is that what you're referring to when you're talking about, oh, it's a whole different story sort of thing? Or... No, no, basically. So what happened was, obviously, we went to the studio and we made the beat. Um, we wrote the song. We recorded it. But then we wanted to re-record vocals, you know what I'm saying? Backing vocals, make sure everything was, like, tip-top. And uh, we was in uni. Mm. And... Um, we weren't really trying to go to studio on that day just because it was long. So what Josh did was he bought his laptop, 
his mic, his interface, his mic stand, his pop filter, everything with him, XLR cables, the lot, to uni. And we was trying to find a room. And they do have studios in uni, but they were all being used for obviously classes and stuff. And we're not allowed to use them outside of class time right now anyway, due to COVID. But um, we were just trying to find a room. And we went to like two different buildings, three different buildings, went into so many different rooms that we couldn't get into. We finally found one, which was an ICT room. So the, the version that you're hearing was recorded in the IT rooms. <laughs> well, when it blows up, that'll be a claim to fame for Salford Uni then. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of covered this already because like you guys have said that you met at Salford Uni, um, but obviously you released Jenna last year as well. So did you guys already know of each other before you met at uni or did you literally, like, how did that come about basically? Because if you correct me if I'm wrong, that's your first release together, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. I literally met him. This was on the like the first day that I met him at uni. Probably probably the second time I went into uni. But um, we stood outside of class and I was, I've seen this other brown guy, the only other brown guy in the class. So I was like, yo, what are you saying, bro? And then, you know, we were kind of talking. And then after that lesson, you know, we were like walking outside together. And I was like, oh, bro, bro what do you do? Do you rap or what? And then he was like, yeah, I'm a rapper. And then he showed me his Insta. And I was, and I went home and I was thinking to myself, well, this guy is cold. So I texted him that, that same night. I was like, bro, I've got this chat. He needs a verse on it. Cause I was sitting on Jannet for like literally a couple of months. And I was just waiting for someone to like find to get on the feature. And then it's like, this guy just came into like my life basically. <laughs> And then I was like, yeah, we gotta make this happen. So I literally sent him the beat that night. Then he recorded it in probably a week and then, you know, just dropped it as soon as. And that's pretty much how it happened. And then following like the success of that, was it then like, oh, we need to do it the other way around now. You need to come on my track as well, like sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, we just got into the studio a couple of times and, you know, we were just like vibing off each other like so well. Like we've made like a few tracks since then. And yeah, man. What is the course that you guys are doing? It's sound engineering and production. Okay, fair. So I suppose that helps a bit with like what you guys are into, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like um, you know, we're learning kind of like the background behind like music production and you know the scientific kind of elements. So yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I could use some of that because like I have logic and everything, but I literally have no idea what I'm doing when I'm like doing it. You said like the beat basically came like to you in the moment, basically. And um, I was going to ask like, what is the with both of your tracks you put out, like what is the production plan that goes into it? Like, obviously you said like it came in the moment, but then afterwards, like, is there a refining process or is it just, is, does most of it happen in that actual studio? Like what, what, how do you guys go about it basically? In the studio, um, obviously I'll let Joe Ash elaborate on this cause he made the beat, but, um, like I said, we were just, we were flicking through like samples and stuff. Um, we found one which was like a guitar loop. And um, Josh was kind of messing around with that in, in FL. And I said to him, okay, cool, I'm going to go for a smoke, man. I'll be back in a couple minutes. I went out of the, the studio, I came back and um, he made the beat. Like the beat was just, it was ready. The only thing that I didn't have was a sample, which Josh added in later. But um, yeah, he also added in like a few other little like simps and keys and stuff like that. Yeah, so we made the bulk of it, you know, in that pretty much 10 minutes. And then, you know, when I got home, that's when I started like, you know, finishing everything off. And I think that like the source of the song is that, is that Bollywood sample that you hear in kind of like the intro and the drop. So 
you know, I was just going through Insta and I found this like really talented singer. So, you know, I messaged her, I said, oh, is it okay if I use your vocal for something? And she was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, you know, I added that in. And I think that's what kind of gives it that flavor and like makes it sound like, you know, a Joash type song or a Freezy type yeah. song. Like literally, I was going to say, you like your samples, don't you? Because I think that's like yeah. a classic, like, like, so do you just come across your samples by chance or is it that you have, is it like more often you have something in your mind, you're like, right, I want to make a track using this sample sort of thing? I mean, it depends on what it is. So, you know, for Janet, definitely I was, you know, I was listening to the song and then I was like, you know what, I need to make this into, into like a hip hop song. And, you know, that's how I did that. But with this one, literally, I was just flipping through like Instagram. I was trying to look for something and I, I just like came across it by chance. And yeah, that's how a lot of like, most of the time, that's how it works. I think, you know, I'm, I just come across a song by chance and then decide to drop it in. Sure, yeah. So I haven't seen this yet, but I'm presuming it's coming out soon. Um, a music video for the track as well, because I saw like a bit like promos on your Insta and stuff, and it did look like it's going to be good. So you want to tell us a bit about what we can expect with that as well? Yeah, man. So the music video is going to be dropping on the same day. Um, and yeah, the music video is mad. It's it's set in a, it's filmed in a media kind of building um on just like an empty floor and we've, we put some like light lighting in it and um like you know like we created like a bit of a like a set design and stuff and um yeah man it looks really good like you you just have to wait and see it when it comes out i don't really know like what it, i love about it but i can't stop watching it to be honest like it's mad but um yeah no it's, it's definitely like my favorite music video that i've ever done and this track as well like literally my favorite one that I've, I've made so far so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see like what people think of it when it comes out because it's, it's had like a quite a good bit of response already so do you guys edit your music videos yourself or do you guys want us to do it yeah no um it's filmed and edited by my guy benjamin um who works for trunk agency it's like a media agency in manchester um, and yeah, we again, me, me and him, we work quite well together in terms of you know like the relationship between like music and videos. Um, so he did he did like my last music video as well, which was Fake Love, which dropped in July. And um, yeah, no, like he's really good. Like he'll shoot, he'll edit, he'll get like locations, lighting, anything we need, models, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's really good. But with this with this video, we didn't go. Didn't go too too crazy on the effects and the transitions and that. Just kept it nice and clean, but it definitely looks really good. Like, looks really, really, really high end. Right. So I also caught up with the guys a bit about working in the music industry, um, where they get their sound from, and just general things really. So we're gonna have a listen to that now. If you don't mind me asking, what is your um, ethnic background, and has this inspired Be Mine or any other tracks of yours in any way? Yeah, so I'm Pakistani, uh, Punjabi to be specific, and I've, yeah, that definitely has like had a big impact on you know my, my own music and be mine as well. You know, it's a Bollywood sample that I've used. You know, that was that song that I chose. That's from a film that I just like that I love. You know, growing up, and you know, in general, having just you know growing up, that's the first kind of music I was exposed to. So. And then as I got older, I started, I only started listening to hip hop and R&B. So I've kind of carried that, like, you know, the Desi music that I grew up with 
you know, into my like teenage years. And now I'm at the point where I've like allowed the two to kind of mix together. And, you know, it doesn't sound forced or anything. You know, those are genuinely like my two inspirations. And yeah, I just love mixing the two together. And then for Be Mine, you know, whether it's using a Bollywood sample or, you know, using some Punjabi percussion in, a, you know, different songs, you know, whatever kind of goes well. Yeah, man, I'm Pakistani as well. Um, I'm Punjabi as well. And yeah, similar to what Josh said, like my first experience with music as a kid, like the first song I actually ever remember listening to, and all my family, they always go on about this as well, is um, do you remember Jay Sean Eyes On You? Yeah. Like, yeah, like 2004, 2003, something like that. Um, but yeah, no, like Bollywood music, Punjabi music, that was like my first kind of introdu- introduction to music. And obviously, like as you grow older, you listen to, you know, like Graham, whatever people around you are listening to. Um, but yeah, I, I started making like, you know, like trap and grime and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's always been something that I wanted to do, kind of like blend the two together. But um, it was I didn't really know how to go about it because there was so much going on in terms of Punjabi music. Do you know what I mean? You've got so many different feels, like you've got Bhangra, you've got the kind of like the dancey kind of tracks, you know, you've got like traditional Bollywood tracks. I didn't really know which one I wanted to go down, but... Yeah, no, Jonathan was the first thing that I did, which was kind of like a, a fusion. So it's kind of thanks to Josh, because now I kind of know how to go about it. Do you know what I mean? Blend, blending the two together, you don't necessarily have to do a whole track in Punjabi. Do you know what I'm saying? You can just, you can dash it. The whole point of it being a fusion is that you mix both things in it anyway. So yeah, man, you can expect a lot more coming um, of that kind of vibe now, man. So you mentioned like Jay Sean there, and I was going to ask, um, who do you guys like take your inspiration from? Is it um, mainly Asian artists? Is it other like hip hop artists? Or is it a bit of both? Like, uh, I feel like, like generally, I'm inspired more by you know a Western artist. You know, I love rappers like Kendrick Lamar and J Cole, and you know lyrical stuff. But then also you know the new wavy stuff like you know D Block, Young Gods, a lot of Manchester artists as well. You know. There's Mastermind, there's so many people like, you know, doing bits in the scene. But then, you know, on the Asian side, I'm more inspired by, you know, production and, you know, how they blend like the sounds together. So, you know, people like Bali Sagu, Dr. Zeus, and, you know, a lot of like new R&B people as well. You know, there's like Mickey Singh, Prophecy, uh, Ezu, you know, more of them kind of people. What about you, Freezy? Yeah, man, my um, my influences are, are mainly Western as well. Um, like as of right now, like I mainly listen to like D Block, M Honcho, AM, Mastermind, all them kind of like wavy artists. Um, but when I started making music, my main like inspiration was people like Youngun, um, people like Chip, which is ironic because they beefed, but they were both like really big um, like inspirations. Um, but obviously, like I do obviously now listen to a lot more um, Asian artists, you know, like um, like Zach Knight, Ezu, all them kind of people, man. Like, they're, they're hard, isn't it? So, yeah. Cool, right. So, uh, obviously, um, you've both already referred to, like, your sound as basically fusion. And I would agree with that. Like, not only through the sort of instrumental production side of things but also due to the fact that you both like sort of like go in and out of english and throughout your tracks so how important is maintaining that fusion sound to you like would you say it's an indispensable part of your sound or is there a more important factor to like what your sound actually is i mean 
it's kind of I found this kind of like path kind of tricky to go down. I mean, a lot of people do this, you know, Asian and UK fusion, but I'm not sure if you know people don't really pull it off a lot of the time. And um, I feel like having Punjabi language in there is kind of important. Is that indispensable to you, or can you imagine? in the future you may be going more towards Punjabi or more towards English um, or Western type music? I mean, definitely at the moment, I'm, I make kind of both, you know, I can have a track where it's completely English, where it's no Asian samples or like, you know, whatever. And I've had tracks I've worked with, you know, Pakistani like artists or Indian artists where the whole thing is going to be in Punjabi or whatever. So it's not like, you know, I'm nothing without this kind of sound, you know, I can go in between but that's just how I'm feeling at the moment. You know, I'm liking, I'm liking both elements. I'm liking the hip hop drums and I'm liking the Bollywood samples. And you know, I just like, I'm, right now my sound is where I like fusing together. But it's not like without, you know, Asian sounds that my UK tracks won't bang or do you know what I mean? Yeah, man, I feel, I feel like it's kind of important to keep that kind of fusion, you know, like inclusive of both kind of elements of English and Punjabi as well, because you know, as much as we, we live in England and we're Western as well, we, we also have roots, do you know what I'm saying, that you can't forget. So it's important to kind of put them through. And obviously I I didn't do that before we released Jonah, um, like I said, because I just wasn't sure of how to go about it. But now that I do, I feel like I'm making great music, man. And, um, you know, me and Josh together, we work well um, with that kind of fusion sound. Um, and, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. But I feel like right now I'm at a good place with my sound because even though I can do the fusion stuff, I can also just do like the normal trap stuff that I was doing before this, do you know what I'm saying? So I can kind of keep both people, both kind of sets of supporters who like different kind of music happy. And plus another good thing as well is like, by introducing people that were only listening to me for what I was doing before into this new kind of sound, they kind of discover a completely different type of music, which leads them to discover more artists. And you know what I'm saying? It's that kind of cycle. Um, Cause I've, I've, I've had so many like, messages since Jonathan, which I don't know if Josh has, because Josh came with that kind of fusion music, you know what I mean, um, yeah. with company. But um, yeah, like so many people are liking it. They're liking the kind of the fusion, because you know what I mean, like a certain demographic of people haven't seen that before. So it's kind of interesting for them. But yeah, it's, it's, I feel like I'm in a good place right now with the, the music that we're making. Like sort of like leading on from that, when you put out tracks, like both of you individually, what's the aim? Like, is there a sort of, target audience or is there a sort of like target number of views how much does that, does that matter to you like when you put out a track like what's the main thing that you're thinking about basically uh honestly you know i'm not bothered about views myself but i just want to make music that people are going to feel and i feel like going down this lane you know with the uk and asian mix that's something that people feel because you know i feel like kids like me you know, people who've grown up listening to Bollywood, but, you know, they're listening to mainly like hip hop and trap now. You know, people can feel that because they're hearing kind of them, you know, both of their worlds combined in one. So in a, you know, target audience sense, that's kind of what I'm going for. But, you know, I'm not aiming for a particular number of views or I want to get to this place. I mean, it's nice when, it, when all that happens, you know, when your chats get played on radio and, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, I just made the music that I love really. Yeah, no, like, like similar to what Josh said, um, the target audience is kind of like whoever likes to vibe with the song, do you know what I mean? But I feel like by doing fusion music, like Asians can relate to it more and they'll be more drawn in by it because they're hearing sounds that they're used to hearing. And do you know what I mean? There's traditional as well. Like 
with using samples as well, you'd hear that sample in a Bollywood movie. So by hearing it on a on a trap beat with two brown guys rapping on it, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it would draw them in a bit more. But then again, like with my other tracks, that doesn't really have like a certain demographic. However, I feel like the best way that you can kind of make music to engage all of your audience is by just making it real and relatable. Do you know what I mean? So like, for example, with this track, obviously Asians will identify the sample, they'll identify the language that we're using. However, the message anyone can identify too. Do you know what I mean? It's similar to other tracks that I've done in that in that sense where you can relate to the feeling of the song, the message of the song, the vibe of the song, all that kind of stuff. Sure, definitely. Um, so again, sort of like linking to that, do you feel like there is a space for you in mainstream British music? Do you... And do you want there to be? Yeah, man, I feel like I feel like right now there's not a lot of Asians in mainstream music, um, you know, in like in terms of UK mainstream, you know, like the charts and all that kind of stuff. Like the only people that we probably have in there is like Coombs. You know what I mean? That's actually come out and has actually done numbers as an Asian. But I feel like, like Steel Bangles as well, maybe. Steel Bangles as well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that track that he did with Sudo Muswala and Mist um, and Stefan Don, that was a big track. Yeah, like it was it was interesting hearing that like on not just the car because yeah. I have like BBC Asian Network on like quite a lot in the car and stuff. It's interesting seeing that played like across like yeah, different yeah, radio yeah. and and it's good as well because obviously that that kind of that kind of showed people that there's a lot more to Asian music than just the traditional Bollywood stuff. Do you know what I mean? People that might not have heard it, but I feel like there's definitely a space for Asians in the market. Like there needs to be anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like we need to get more artists on that level because like i said the numbers then they're, they're quite shocking really like we only have a very small minority of people that have come up you know what i mean on mainstream music doing that kind of stuff but yeah i feel like with fusion that'll probably take off because it can appeal to both kind of masses of people yeah i definitely feel like you know asians like struggle nowadays if they want to be you know a mainstream artist like there isn't much of a lane you know we've kind of had to go down this kind of like brit asia kind of route you know uh like our music is too desi for you know english radios but then it's kind of almost not english enough some of the stuff i make you know for for kind of like bbc asian network and stuff but i think we're going about it kind of the right way having both of our influences in there making kind of something you know fresh something new that people don't usually hear and you know combining like both our cultures together and yeah hopefully we can kind of you know pave a lane and you know show that we can have both of our influences in there at the same time and you know keep shooting both sides while still you know i'm being successful doing it i feel yeah. like having a platform like like bbc asia network and brit asia as well is, is really really good for us because it's i don't want to say it's our own platform but it's it's a platform which plays the kind of music that we make, do you know what I mean? Like by us, like Asians. And um, the mad thing as well is like, I know so many people that aren't Asian that listen to like, those stations anyway. Do you know what I mean? So that that's kind of good that they're people who aren't Asian because obviously having BBC Asian Network, Asian in the name, Asian people are your target audience. But obviously having people that aren't Asian listen to it, it's really good because obviously that introduced them to a new kind of music. And it's, it's easy for us as artists to use platforms like um, Asia Network and Brit Asia to kind of step on and um, establish yourself 
on that platform and then lead on to other things. Besides be mine, obviously, do we have anything to like, look forward to? Because obviously like, we need stuff to look forward to in the current environment. Like it's quite a bleak future out there. But yeah, what does 2021 have planned for you guys, if anything? Yeah, no, you can just expect a lot more music, man. A lot more music. And uh, me and Josh as well, we're planning something real big. Um, which will definitely be for the culture. I know that saying gets chucked around a lot, but this is like, you have to see when it comes that you understand that it's for the culture and exactly what we were highlighting in this interview, it will be kind of bringing that to life. But um, yeah, no, you can definitely just expect a lot more music um, from me, an EP as well. Um, and yeah, man, just consistency, that's it. I mean, the same thing, really. I don't like dashing out, you know, things. I'm going to drop the album at this time or, you know, whatever comes will come. But, you know, just a lot more of what uh, people are liking at the moment. That's all I'll say. So moving on to the next track we're going to play. Um, this is quite a unique track, actually, because I think a lot of the tracks that you hear on the radio today, quite often they're about love. I think that's the main topic of it. But this track in particular this track in particular it's still about love but it's about a different kind of love it's not about the love between partner um you and your partner say it's more about family love that type of love and yeah no um the artist is silver finger sing he is from leeds and he has his own show on bbc radio leeds so you should go check that out and yeah i had a listen to this track which is called the core and it came oh it's coming out on tuesday which is the 26th of january so you should go check that out when it does come out and yeah i had a listen to it and i was just pleasantly surprised it's something that's a bit different um it's sort of got that sort of like um bungra drum feel to it almost i suppose but then also almost felt a bit reggae-ish as well so it's quite unique in that sense but then also the lyrical content like i said um you'll, you'll be able to hear when you listen to it but it just talks about a different kind of love which is really nice to hear so without further ado we're gonna play what is probably our first exclusive like i think it's been played a few other times as well but this is unreleased material so you're lucky. Um, this is The Core by Silver Finger Sing being played on Mango Masala on Pi Radio. Just again to reflect on it, obviously you've heard the track now. Um, hopefully you got what I said about how obviously it's like a different type of love. It's about sort of family love. So those of you that might not actually n- know necessarily the rough translation of this. Um, so Core is... Um, a term frequently used in Sikhism and although it roughly translates to princess it actually means crown prince and is a symbol of the equality of women and men in the Sikh faith so yes you'll see like a lot of women being called Kur in the um, Sikh religion so obviously the chorus there Mary Ma um, I'm presuming that Silver Finger Singh is talking about his mum and obviously the um relationship they had growing up like obviously talks about doing his mixes and her um getting stressed about it but then seeing the progress and be like oh it's okay then um yes yeah, just heartwarming stuff really and it's nice to see tracks that are a bit different to that and not just because obviously track a lot of tracks are about love and it's not a bad thing because a lot of tracks still bang but it's nice when something different like that comes along so definitely shout out to silver finger sing if you don't already 
um know of him go check him out also manuka who's featured on the track she sings the hook so go check her out as well right so probably gonna round things off there um thanks a lot for tuning into manga masala if you are a um artist of south asian origin and you want us to play a music just reach out to us on any of our socials um mango masala radio or mango masala mcr depending which one you're going on and yeah or if you are a young south asian or not you you don't have to be young we'll have we'll we'll get some older people in it too basically if you're south asian you want to come on radio um just let us know because we're perfectly open to like getting guests on if they have a particular um passion or they have a particular business they want to promote just let us know and we'll see what we can do so yeah just reach out to us and also you'll be able to hear all episodes on spotify um roughly around a week after um the episode has aired so if you go on spotify type in manga masala will come up on there so you'll be able to hear all the interesting conversations um also check out our youtube for clips we've got our instagram um twitter and facebook as well but yeah wherever you go and we're also in the process of setting up a tiktok which i'm a bit <laughs> adverse to just because i still can't get on board with tiktok i'm sorry i just find it a bit cringe but some of the other members of Manga Masala are not in that ball court, or even if they are, they're willing to make it. So I've put it in their hands. So soon you'll be able to find us on TikTok as well. We'll see you next week. <laughs>